everyone, I'm Patrick Chavis, and you're listening to LA Theater Bites. And I'm here with, well, you know him. He's Matthew Robinson. He's the other reviewer on our website. And uh, we're just going to talk about 2020 and some of the best, some of our favorite shows that we've seen this year. Um, as you know, so far, so far, as you know, a lot of theater has been shut down. There's some serious things going on, and people cannot, you know, gather and in places and you know especially in the dark or any place actually mostly you know so that really you know puts a hamper on uh, theater going and stuff like that obviously so we're not going to see any shows for quite a while unless we're watching it on tv but that's not really the theater experience but we're excited to get back in there but we're just going to talk about the shows that we have seen what we like so far and uh, why we're excited to see more when we can finally get back in there so Matt, Matt, maybe uh, maybe you could uh, fill us in on uh, a few shows maybe this year that you really enjoyed and why you enjoyed those shows. Yeah, you know it's funny. The last year I saw in 2019, I saw two. Uh, I saw 110 shows. Uh, that is obviously not going to happen this year in 2020 for many reasons. It wasn't going to happen anyway before all this, and now it's definitely not going to happen. So this will probably be the this will probably be the smallest year of theater for me since maybe 2016. And um, yeah, what was that? But, show you see in 2016, do you remember? I mean, probably around 50. Yeah. And then 2017 probably went up a little bit to like 70-ish. I remember in 2018 because I counted one time and I was so close. I had like I saw 94 shows. I was like, oh, so close to 100. So then last year, I was like, I'm going to see 100 shows. And then I way overshot that. Oh. So 110. Congratulations. So, and this, but this year, I have not actually seen that many shows. January was kind of a slow month for me. I didn't see that many shows. I saw maybe like a handful. And then February, obviously, I saw a few, uh, which I reviewed. And then, of course, by March, I think uh, by the time March rolled around, theater was already starting to get shut down and people were starting to get nervous. So, yeah. Um, yeah so it's been like that, but uh, two shows, I saw a lot of really good theater, but two shows that stuck out to me the most were uh, the Wallace's Frankenstein, which is a new play that yeah. they made yeah. in house. And then also uh, I've decided I'm fine. A roach play from uh, the attic collective. I saw the, I saw the, I didn't see the Frankenstein show, but I was, uh, obviously, I, I booked it and I saw a lot of the pictures from the production. It looked really arts. Uh, let me use the word artistic, artsy. Yeah, yeah, like 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 uh, the way the the costumes and stuff like that and the set looked looked way out there. What 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 was your impression about that? Oh, it was it was some of the best lighting design done by uh, Brandon Baruch, who actually I didn't because who looks at the lighting design before you go to a play? Yeah. I actually do know Brandon. It's not like we're buddy-buddy, but I do know him. He's a great guy. Um, we're friends on Facebook. He is a talented, talented dude. And he just knocked out of the park. Like, I always knew he was good, and I've seen some of his work before, but I had no idea walking into that play that he had done the lighting design, and it. I think it should be nominated for an ovation award. And I'm not saying that as someone who knows him, I thought that before I even read who was lighting designer, like it was just so well done. The way things lit up, the stage, the way they had the electricity hung, the sound design was also quite amazing. The costumes, the way things were done. There is this scene near the end of the play, uh, which I won't spoil in case it comes back if you want to see it. But all I can say is it involves kind of like this kind of um, 
stand in for like kind of Elsa, the Bride of Frankenstein in a sort of way. It's not necessarily that, but it's, it's so intense and so well done and so articulated. It had to be pinpoint perfect. And when you see that, that's something that would not, it's something that would not work as well in film. It would not work as well on TV, but in the stage, it is so impactful and so different and so impressive that it was just like, this is what going to the theater is about because you're seeing something that would not be the same and could not be the same in film or TV. And because of the, the creativity, um, just took it to a different level. But it's, it was also a very well acted piece, very well performed, mm -hmm. great music. There was a lot of vocalists. Um, besides, the, besides like the weird kind of strange, whoa, my voice sounded a little weird there. Um, Anyways, besides the kind of weird, um, different kind of artistic look to it in the set and the lighting, um, did they stray far from the original story or did they stay pretty close to that? What, what would you say? Pretty close. I mean, it's a 75-minute play, so obviously it's very abridged. And for some artistic reasons, they, they kind of jump around a little bit. But for the most part, it's pretty accurate to the Mary Shelley story. They even have a character on there uh, who represents Mary Shelley. Um, I think in my review, I, I remember saying like the character is actually kind of an appendix. She doesn't really add anything to the story. Yeah. I would have been much more interested to see them make Victor Frankenstein, Victoria Frankenstein, and just not even explain it. Um, but the actor who played uh, Dr. Frankenstein was great. So it's like, I don't want this guy to lose his job. And I thought the actress did a good performance with, as uh, Mary Shelley. It just... It was the one part of the play that was just like this. If if I was the person who was writing this and directing this, and I got a chance to rewrite it and put it on again, I would cut out her character and give it to somebody else. Yeah. Uh, because it just didn't. It was the only thing that just didn't track through the entire uh, piece. Maybe just the way it was framed, it didn't track. You know, maybe if they started with Mary Shelley like telling the actual story and then going into it like she's at a. Uh, like a kind of a dark and stormy night doing like a trade along of her writing friends, but it just didn't work the way they did it. One of my favorite shows I've seen so far, it was one of the earlier ones. Um, and it was from Rogue Machine up in Venice Beach. I think oh, yeah. uh, so far I've, I've liked uh, quite a few of the shows that come They're out great. there. I think they, yeah. take, uh, they take chances. They take chances with they do. Bits of interesting concepts and stuff like that. And it looks at it. And it feels like when I go to the shows, they're like, they're like one of those groups. And uh, this is just my, my impression so far. They're just like, yeah, we're going to put it on. It might not be something people like, but we're going to put it on and we'll, we'll test it. We'll test the waters and maybe they'll love it. And, you know, and I, and I, I got that impression. Uh, I've got that impression from um, some of them where I'm like, oh, well, some of their shows where I'm like, oh, man. Okay, yeah, the, 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 it, it looks like every single time they're trying to push some kind of boundary, but I'm like, hmm, I don't know if that boundary pushing one works for me necessarily or something like that, but hey, I love that you're trying it. I love that you're trying it. Did you see, I mean, I've seen some great shows there. I saw uh, Oppenheimer, which was also kind of a risky show because of its length Yeah, yeah. and the subject material, and um, Still Life, which was not maybe not as risky contextually, yeah, but it was a wonderful play. Uh, still Life, still one of my favorite plays I've seen in LA. Yeah, the one I was going to mention was um, the most recent one I saw from uh, there was uh, Disposable Necessity. 
and mm. this was a sci-fi. Uh, I definitely have to say it's one of my favorites of the year that I've seen so far. Really enjoyed it. And it's uh, it's a sci-fi, and it's about it's set in a future that kind of actually doesn't look that far far futuristic from where we are now. It's one of, which I love because because you still can you still it, you don't feel like there's like crazy flying cars and stuff like that where there's no flying cars. But but there's you're definitely in this in this uh, comedy you're definitely like oh yeah there's there's still a little bit more ahead of us because in this in this one people can actually are, are um, they can swap bodies there's if they so if they they have their consciousness is in another place so if their body gets dies they can always they can replace that body and go and put their consciousness into a new body so no. the catch the ca- and but the catch the catch that makes this even more interesting. Is, this is not something that anyone can do. This is an expensive process because it's, right. cap, because it's capitalism. So the people that can afford to die and be put into a new body and basically almost be immortal are the rich, while, so, while, while poor people are actually dying and they can't afford this process. And I thought, and, and um, this is a dark, when you really think about it, this is a, and this is a dark comedy, this is a dark process, you know, of, of the rich surviving and the, and the poor, you know, being killed off and stuff like that. But they do such a great job of just keeping it really funny. So at the same, so if you think about, if you really think about it, you're like, man, this is, this is awful. This is a really awful situation, and, uh, you know, set, uh, set in uh, the, how, how far greedy, uh, it can, greed can, you know, can go and stuff like that. But you're not. But you're not really thinking about that because the actors are so funny in it, and you, it, it's a really, re- really clever and put together show. And it goes, oh my gosh, it just it goes so much further than I was expecting. And uh, <laughs> I'm still, I'm still loving that show. Uh, as far as I think, as far as just pure enjoyment, I think it was one of the most enjoyable shows I had because I was, I was, I was laughing in the theater, man. I was cracking up in the theater while it was going on. So, yeah. It sounds a little bit like Ultra Carbon meets In Time. Maybe. Oh, I, I don't know those shows. I don't know those shows. I, I would so, say Je- I, I, put, I picked up some Jetson vibes a little bit. <laughs> so uh, it had kind of like an atomic punk feel in this design. Hmm. I don't. I don't. I don't think that. I don't. I don't think it was an atomic. It was very modern. Um, modern futuristic. I guess that's, mm. that's how I describe the set. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. So, yeah, so I really, yeah, yeah. I think that that was that was really an interesting show. That's what something I, I really liked. So um, you know, it's great to see um, sci-fi theater. You know, um, yeah, done really well. Um, I think yeah, Frankenstein was also sci-fi theater done very well. There you go. Yeah, I think I think I think that's high concept stuff can be very difficult to do. I was pleasantly surprised, and uh, I think a lot. Like I said, a big part of it was just them keeping it really funny. So yeah, that was real. That was really enjoyable. I think, um, ooh, man, um, it was that this show and um, the other show I really liked from Rogue Theater was Miss Lily Get, Gets Boned. It it it, uh, it made runner up for one of my favorite shows uh, of last year. Um, God, it was that was also really funny and also really well done. Um, man, I love both those shows. That it's a toss up for me between those two shows, which one I like. Um, Miss Lily gets boned is about the elephant, correct? Yes, yes, the the, the really uh, paper mache elephant that they put in there. Yeah, really. I uh, met really clever the, writing. Yeah, I met the writer of that show. He's actually one of the reasons I ended up going into playwriting. 
Um, he was oh at gosh. Rogue Machine, of all yeah. places. This was yeah. about four years ago. Uh-huh. And he told me about his play and that it was touring around the country. We started chatting, and he kind of convinced me to take a shot at doing um, writing. Um, he wow. and another guy named, yeah, yeah he yeah. and the guy, another guy named Vin, kind of, they both happened within a two-day period. Yeah. And both of them kind of were the puts the deciding factors in me going to into playwriting. Mm-hmm. So and uh starting to write plays. So yeah, I mean Miss Liga's Bone, like I mean that's just a great piece. That was the writer, the writer one who did Leslie this Bone, he was the same writer that did I didn't see the show, but Cake, the show you reviewed. Um yes. long, it's the same writer, right? Yes it is. Yes oh, it, it is. makes me want to watch it makes me want to watch Cake now. You, 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 a good writer. Very, very, very good writer. Um, really impressed. Oh yeah, yeah, wait, wait. Am I getting things mixed up? I think I might be getting this. I think I might be getting this person who wrote. I might be getting things mixed up, but okay. that's okay. Yeah. Don't quote me on that. I might be getting people. I might be getting my history, my personal history, mixed up with other events. It happens. <laughs> so, uh, so tell me about. Uh, can you just t- tell me, uh, fill us in a little bit about uh, you, the other show you were talking about was the, the Roach play by uh, by the Attic. Uh, yes, the Attic Collective. They did a play called "Aside I'm Fine," a Roach play. Um, it's a very interesting play. It's really well done. It's kind of, it's very different. I, I don't even know how to necessarily pitch this show other than it's about someone who's a hoarder. Yeah. And you see basically her life fall apart because of her hoarding. Uh, but the play doesn't judge her, not too harshly. They definitely show the negative effects of hoarding. And they don't judge the other characters for being so disgusted by how she lives. Judgmental, basically. Yeah. Yeah. But they they don't, they kind of let you decide how you feel about it, which I thought was very mature and very well done and much more interesting than a clear black and white story. I'm always a fan of particularly plays that are human dramas, it's, yes, there's some awful people in the world, but mm-hmm. typically it's a little bit more interesting, I feel, when you kind of sympathize with all the characters and you and you understand that you feel for all of them and you don't necessarily feel any, any of the monsters. Maybe you disagree with some of the things they do, but you understand the motivation and you can find something to like about them. Um, it was really well done. Uh, uh, so it was it was just some of those plays where you leave it and you kind of like want to talk to someone about it that saw the play as well. And I ended up talking, I think, for like a good 40 minutes afterwards to some of the people who were involved with the play because it just was something like you want to talk about, which is it's such a nice thing. It gets wild and zany at some points. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like roaches that come out and do a musical number <laughs> and in full roach costumes. Yeah. And it's impressive it's really really impressive and then of course there's uh the set design is really well done there's this uh, they have this monster that represents her desire to hoard which would i thought you, was hilarious would you say this play like fits into kind of like existential kind of like an existential kind of play because i saw the last show i saw from them was called the last croissant i saw it at a Hollywood yes. fringe i liked it it was funny but it, it was uh, you could definitely tell that they were going with well, with that play a more like existential kind of um, kind of philosophical kind of play kind of thing going on. So you, which which led itself to a lot of discussions about it because it was a little bit uh, like there was a little bit of randomness that came 
that came into it. That's what I'll say, randomness. Um, well, there, there's there's less randomness in this than I say in Last Crusade. This is a more narrative story. There, There's definitely vignettes and definitely things, and it's not incredibly like this leads to this, 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 and that. But it's definitely more narrative than Last Crusade. Um, not as silly, um, but it, you can definitely tell that the same people worked on it. They have this certain vibe, this, this sort of surrealist take that they like to inject into their work. Yeah. Uh, but I was really impressed. I, I would say the only thing, and I feel wrong knocking it for this because at the same time, I don't know what I would cut out, but it is long. And I don't even mean that in a negative way. It just may not be for everyone. It's three hours mm. and that's just long for some people. Some people just cannot keep, if you're not invested in the people, you're not going, three hours is a long time. I mean, there's some plays that I've been in that are 90 minutes that feel like three hours. Uh, <laughs> with this, I didn't feel like it was dragging on. I never felt the story drag. I never felt like, oh, I'm bored now. Oh, get to the next point. Um, but there's, there's, there's probably, if I like really looked at the scripts and I really like took a machete to it, I could probably trim about 15 minutes. But in theater, uh, you know, it's, it's just like sometimes you got to let scenes breathe. And that's what we're here for. We're here to see how these things get worked out, maybe not necessarily in a film, cinematic way. And and so I appreciated that they took the risky move of making it such a long piece. Um, and it, my crowd, I, I was at a packed crowd. I think we were sold out or very close to sold out. So it obviously didn't deter that many people from coming to see it. Um, really, I mean, really, it's a strong play. I think even if, even if we had had a normal theater season, between now and December, I would be pretty confident that play, no matter what, would end up in my top five. Like, it was very strong. It was a very, very good play that I think about even every once in a while when I'm, like, kind of doing something. Particularly if I haven't thrown something out that I should throw out, I think about that play. Uh, so I'm like, oh, don't, the hoarding monster is making me hold on to it. <laughs> Oh, nice. Um, so for me, like there was, I'm, these are both two different types of plays and uh, they're, they're very, both very different plays, but I'm going to talk about both of them at the same time, two plays that I really like, because um, they both had to do with kind of like um, confusing the audience and they both, and they both did this in a really good way in both in a clever way, just in different ways. And I really, I, and I liked both. Um, just uh, I think I think one um, maybe to me was just a was just done a little bit better. Um, mm. Had uh, the writing was just a little significantly significantly more uh, clever in my opinion. But that would be um, two shows that I really recently um, reviewed. You can if you follow us on the podcast, you you've heard my reviews on these shows. It'd be. Um, the Father at the Pasadena Playhouse, which was one of my favorite shows this year so far. Really, really good show. Um, I'm pretty sure I gave it an exceptional. And then um, then there was the one at Actors Co-op, and that was the new uh, Lee Blessing's new ending, Body of Water. Um, right. Both of these Heard a lot of great stuff about that. Also a good show. Uh, I, I'm, I can't remember, if I remember correctly, I know I at least gave it a great. Cause, and uh, and, and it, it, it's also very clever. I liked The Father a little bit more, but I really did enjoy both shows. Both were very enjoyable. But both of these shows, while I'm talking about them both at the same time, even though they're different shows and they cover different topics in a way, um, 
what I found a similarity in these shows that were was um, both writers and uh, the both ways they were directed. Uh, you're you're in both shows like what's going on, and for a good majority of the show, you're like what's going on. Um, one show you're like, and both of them want to make you feel like hmm, I think I got it. I think I got it. Wait, no, I don't. I don't. I don't got it. And at the very end. At the at least at least at the very end of Body of Water, you're like, I don't I, I don't got it, but they're letting me know that you're not supposed to get it. It's just that way. Very clever, very clever. It's wild. It's crazy, and it's in the way he wrote it is very clever. And um, there's I mean, you can think you got it, but I mean when you really think about it, you know you don't got it. And father father, you're like. Okay, I think I got this, and 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 then and they're like, and the father's like, they give you something, they're like, oh yeah, you got it, and then you leave, and then you're like, oh, I yeah, you gave me something. I thought I I got something, but there was so much more. Ah, touche, touche, good job. Yeah, both both shows, very clever. So you've got really a really good cast in um, in Body of Water. Uh, it's it's basically just three people the entire show, and it's uh it, there's uh and basically you, you you dropped in and you're with these two people that don't know where they are, why they're there, and then there's another person that's coming in. Uh, I remember played by Ivy Beach, who's an actress there, and she and they're not sure if this person is there, and they and they and the other part is their memory is horrible. So they keep forgetting. They keep forgetting also as well. So, so they like the, the, everything just starts restarting again. And you're, and, and you're just like, you don't know, you don't know if this person that they're talking to um, is their daughter or their lawyer or, or some person that's just there to mess with them because they get their kicks off or whatever. It's, it's all, it's all of that stuff and more. And you're just, so, and so it's it, you just, you're just in there, and it's this mystery that you're trying to unravel, and um, it's a it's it's a satisfying mystery, but at the same time, <laughs> you're also like let down because you especially if you t is, uh, let down you can be let I, I think let down a little bit because uh, which I what what I'm not going to um, you know unveil on this podcast what you find out. Uh, might not be what you're looking for, but then again, I don't know. That's just my opinion, man. So uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, maybe it's exactly what you're looking for. Anyway, it's a very well written play, very intriguing. It's got some, it's got some funny moments. It's got some funny moments in it too. It's not all serious. It's not all like, where am I? What are we doing? There's some funny stuff in there too. Um, this is where I, I found, um, I thought. One of the things you also get a similar, like a similar thing as well with the father, as far as uh, except for in the father, um, it's very uh, they make it pretty clear that the father has some kind of um, um, I, I I can't even think of what what the uh, the disease is when you when when you're getting older and you're dementia. In, there it is, dementia. Yeah, it's pretty clear that he's got some form of dementia. So he uh, this this play also deals with memory loss 
and stuff like that. And you get this, pers- and, you, and you're getting different, and you're getting uh, different perspectives. Uh, you know, of, you're you're kind of seeing um, not different perspectives, but his perspectives and his takes uh, from the audience uh, of like what what he you, you think he sees. So he's not necessarily like a very trustworthy um, narrator. Kind of like he's kind of unreliable. Yeah, unreliable. He's not a trustworthy or unreliable. Yeah, kind of. They kind of do that story device. You know, like a Holden Caulfield, like from you know that kind of thing. Except it's so much more interesting than that because um, he's not trying to do it on purpose. It's just uh, you know, it just happens that way. And um, anyways, really enjoyable, really cleverly done, and. And, um, Molina, Robert Molina, who plays uh, plays the main actor in this, he just puts on such a great performance. Oh man, he's so funny and frightened and scared <laughs> and all, and it, and, it, and it gets goofy and um, it just it just takes you it takes you to so many places. It's such, such a great play. I'd love to see it again. I'm sure I missed plenty of it, but. Yeah, one of my favorite shows I've seen all this year. But anyways, um, thank you for coming on with me, Matt. I, I we gotta of course we gotta, we gotta wrap this up, and I hope hopefully we get we can get back into the shows and see some more shows. And stuff like well, that. I know you were telling me there's a fund for yes. people. There's a OC OC Theater Guild um, out in Orange County. They are putting uh, they they put together a fund for people that are out of work that are in theater to help them. Right now, at this time, obviously, a lot of people are being put out of work because they can't perform mm. on stage. And this this um, fund is supposed to help those people. So if you want to go, you can go to the OC Theater Guild. They're trying to help people out right now. Um, I'm sure there's other great organizations that are also trying to help theater people that are having trouble this time. You can look into them. Please help and try and support and help um, people in LA theater because there's a lot of theaters out there. There's a lot of actors that are actors, not act, just actors, stage managers, and all lighting people. I mean, just the industry in general. This is this is a really tough time for them, and uh, they can really use your support and your help. So, um, yeah. 